Hi again, everyone. This is Stuart Gandalf with Healthcare Success. I'm pleased to continue our tradition of doing Shizmid podcast. Uh, today, I have an exciting guest, as I almost always do, but I'm particularly excited about this one today. Uh, we have Dr. Richard Park, who is founder and CEO of CityMD in New York, a very large and successful chain of urgent cares in the New York metropolitan area primarily. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, some of his insights uh, that he'll be sharing at the future of primary care, new models, new incentives, and new players uh, at Shizmet on Sunday at 2 o'clock. So first of all, I want to say, uh, Dr. Park, welcome to our podcast today. Oh, it's my privilege and honor, Stuart, to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about today. I have lots of questions for you. So the first thing is, I'm certainly aware of CityMD and have been watching your progress for a while, and we do a lot in the, in the urgent care arena. And I'm just curious, I saw your bio, you've got an impressive bio. Why and how did you decide to start CityMD? You know, after high school, Stuart, I didn't go to college right away. I actually opened up uh, a one-hour photo store. I'm not sure if you remember those. Yes, I do. It turns out what makes people want their photos quickly is not too different from what patients want their care to be like. So all these years later, I'm doing a one-hour photo version of medicine. It's retail, and it's kind of like a one-hour medicine. So nothing's really changed, more uh, more of the same. And, uh, you know, you fast forward a few years. In 2005, I opened our first urgent care. You know, I have two two children with special needs. And, you know, one of the one of the reasons why we started urgent care, at least I did, was um, just to try something on the side that would, while working full-time in the ER, take care of my kids by having a separate practice. And that's how it started, pretty innocently. I gave all my patients my cell phone number. And I realized as an ER doc, I actually like continuity care. And I learned an interesting thing at our first urgent care in 2005. I would have patients call me years later and say, Dr. Park, you saw me for, you know, condition X, sore throat, a cough or an ankle sprain. But you may not remember me, but I have a question. And they would, the question would go something like this. My mother has cancer, was just diagnosed with cancer, and I don't know where to go to and who to turn to. Who do you recommend I recommend care for for their mom? So here I was, an urgent care doctor in emergency medicine, no less, and patients would ask me for other advice. How do you give advice for patients that trust you? And so that's kind of the story of sitting That's kind of the how it started. And how do you scale that trust and sort of sherpaing the patient through this healthcare maze? And I think that early experience, not just the one-hour photo, but my first urgent care experience, and the trust that I developed in my patients and them coming to me for advice shaped a lot of what we do here at CityMD today. So often happens when I talk to people on this podcast, everything you've just said strikes a chord. And before I ask the next question, just to sort of reiterate, the first thing you mentioned was about retail. One of the things we talk a lot about in our blog is that healthcare is going more and more retail-oriented. In fact, one of our former guests on this podcast, Rob Klein, had a saying, retail is learning healthcare faster than healthcare is learning retail. But there are exceptions, right? <laughs> you would be one of them. A couple other things I noticed that you said was about being fast and cell phones. And this, again, very retail, right? That's looking at things from the consumer's perspective. And I'm going to ask you more about that in just a moment. And then finally, the comment I have is about continuity of care. And it's funny, your story about being uh, an ER doctor starting a urgent care is really common. Lots of doctors do that. What I'm interested in, and we can talk about as you think, see fit coming up here in a moment, is about that a bit more because obviously not every ER doctor who starts in urgent care becomes CityMD. I've always thought that the secret to a more sustainable urgent care business was the continuity care part. Feel free to share that as we go through this. Do you have any comments on that before I move forward? Just, just a word on how you know consumers want things faster and easier. I was 
joke with my wife because over the summer she had she developed poison ivy and mm -hmm. me being a physician i know how to treat poison ivy and we're at home together and do you know how she treats her poison ivy no i don't <laughs> <laughs> that's why she she googled it i'm home oh my gosh <laughs> treatment for poison ivy apparently and this is my wife is not a millennial by the way just to set the record straight but 10 seconds to go upstairs and ask me was not convenient enough so to your point of consumerism it's just unending just insatiable demand for speed and convenience that has its pluses and minuses and so we'll we'll, we'll talk and touch upon some of those, those challenges and opportunities and right. second thing you talk about retail learning healthcare faster than healthcare learning retail i think that's true and you know we're always a product of our environment that's exactly the kind of insights i expected to hear from you so very good so speaking of that then or maybe you can expand on this one of the questions we wanted to ask you is how do you think consumer expectations have changed over the years. So clearly you get the idea of fast. Do you think that's changed? And what else has changed over the years? Now, I always wonder, have consumers and patients' expectations changed? I, I think we've always wanted faster, better, easier. Right? We, patients want someone fast, someone nice and, nice, and someone that's correct and accurate. That's changed a little bit. Maybe expectations have changed a bit. But I, I often wonder, has the world of doctors and physician assistants, providers, have we changed more and disappointed our consumer more than they've changed? You know, it's really funny because we talk about that a lot when we when we speak or do our seminars. And I would argue that oftentimes that competition has made that happen, right? The changes in technology and competition, because the people who get it are rewarded, right? You guys have figured this out. I think that's really, really important. That's a great insight. Yeah, it's always been there. Maybe that's what the issue is. It's just now people are meeting the demand. Well, you know, you've obviously got some insights from primary care that have evolved from, you know, where you started. Tell us what you think consumers want from their primary care doctor overall, whether it's urgent care or just general primary care. In addition to the speed, are there any other notable things that you think matter, things that you hear patients say or uh, they tell your staff and other doctors? What are the kinds of things they really want? I'm going to go back to uh, two points. Number one is, you know, population is destiny, and certainly there's demographic huge demographic shifts. There's no doubt there's actual changes. It's real and it's structural. Millennials make up the majority of the workforce today. That is a fact. And they're very savvy. They're tech savvy. They are um, a lot of information at their fingertips, as you know. And I think they're more demanding. They're used to a higher standard than what older people have put up with over time. So there is there's actual changes. I, we have to acknowledge that. That is that is a real phenomenon. Um, but what's also happening on the provider side is that there's less primary care doctors that are equipped to answer all these needs. And I think patients want, I think patients feel lost and left out. And I go back to the patient that called me, an urgent care doc, not even their primary care doc, and asking me for advice. If you think about how we got to that, I, I think patients feel lost and they're flailing to figure out how to get care. Now, it's one thing to get care for a sore throat, but they need care for bigger issues like heart attacks and severe diabetes and losing limbs. And so I think what patients want is less complicated, simpler solutions to getting the care they need, number one. And number two, they need lower costs. They want real value. Excellent insights. In classic marketing theory, we often talk about four P's, seven P's, lots of different P's, but the classic P's of marketing are price, place, product, and promotion. 
And you've already alluded to uh, place, right, where the retail location is. And one of the mistakes that I always talk about amateur marketers make and a lot of potential clients make is they focus solely on the promotion. When we talk about this, my uh, argument is the first thing, or, or before you even consider the promotion, you really need to think about those other three Ps, right? The pr- you already mentioned, actually mentioned price too. We talked about price. We talked about place briefly. But the product is, to me, the secret of where everything can begin. Tell me more about your product. Like what is unique about your product when people come to CityMD? You know, uh, Stuart, when I was in the fourth grade, I fell off a slide and I broke my tailbone. And I remember not telling my parents because we didn't have health insurance. And, you know, when you're not paying your bills and your refrigerator turns off, the last thing you'll tell your parents is that we have to take you to an expensive doctor. So for three days, I laid in bed before my dad took me to uh, Dr. Kim. Dr. Kim was a friend of a friend. And my dad took me there because clearly I wasn't getting better. And I wasn't telling the truth when I told him I was okay. So I remember Dr. Kim taking care of me. And as we left Dr. Kim's office, I asked my dad how much this cost. And he said it was free. And I distinctly remember my dad being taken to a corner by Dr. Kim and being spoken to. That's probably where he told him, don't worry about the price. Don't worry about the cost. Out of your shot of his child so as not to embarrass him. That's what a doctor does. Doctor cares, has compassion. And Dr. Kim is probably in his late 80s today because I know he visited my home. Actually, he was over my home this past Saturday, as a matter of fact. Wow. That's incredible. And my, it is. And my, him and my dad have become friends over the years. And I, I told Dr. Kim, I actually mentioned it. I actually mentioned to him uh, the story. Do you remember taking care of me as a child? And he had no recollection of this event. And, and the point of that story is what for him was every day caring for people. He probably did that for thousands of patients and thousands of kids, literally thousands of kids over his career. Because wow. everyone in the neighborhood went to him. For him, it was every day. For me, I'll never forget. And so I think what healthcare, I think providers have changed more than our patients, perhaps, that our providers are not as caring or as compassionate for various reasons. Burnout, physician burnout for all the administrative burden placed on us is a real thing. Everywhere you go, physician burnout, you hear that nonstop today. There's a change in the provider landscape. And the product that we need to develop, of course, we need to have convenience and place and product and I think what patients are craving for is care and compassion. When I went into medicine, my, my, my dad sat me down and said, son, you realize by going into medicine, you are committing your life to the service of others. And that's going to take 100 hours a week. You will be working nonstop serving others. Are you ready to sign up for that? I think providers need to realize that once more. Maybe not at the detriment of your family, but it is a life in service of others. And if anything, I have to impress upon our workforce and our our partners and our team members. It's caring for patients. That's the product which drives all other innovations. And there's models across the country that can demonstrate. And I don't want to, I'm not sure if I'm able to mention others, but there's one in particular, ChenMed, based out of Florida and in multiple states. But their secret is, and they say the same thing, it turns out when you actually care for patients, you can take great care of them for less. And I think the product has to be more and more care, but the engine that drives it all is people caring for people. You mentioned millennials earlier. Do you have any additional thoughts about you know your key target audiences for CityMD? This year we'll see 2.3 million visits, and in healthcare, the demographic is a couple of mega themes in healthcare. Number one, overall cost of care, 
We're spending a lot of money on healthcare, and that's a societal question. Are we spending on the right place? If we believe long life and health is the most important thing, maybe we're not spending enough money. Too much money on Starbucks, we should be spending more on healthcare. Mm. So there's, there's, should, are we spending the money in the right place? That's one sort of inefficiency. Another inefficiency is there's excess in places, and there's a dearth of access in certain places. And so what we're looking to do is change the distribution. Assuming this is a set amount spent on healthcare, some are getting too much and many are getting too little. And how do you equilibrate that and redistribute better? So our target experience, our target patient in our mind when, we, when we've developed this product was a single mom with two kids with two jobs struggling to make ends meet. And that's who we've designed this product for. And that's why aftercare and all the care coordination and everything we developed and the care model we developed came to place. Now, with that being said, because of our locations, 115 locations, people that come in through our doors, by and large, are 60% women, and they tend to be more than about 60% of patients are also between the ages of 15 and 55. So that is the reality of today, but it's designed for the single mom with two children. Oh, what you're doing is bringing the marketing concept to everything you do. Tell me about what you're able to share in terms of some of the marketing tactics that seem to work for you. Historically, it's one-third word of mouth, one-third social media, and one-third walking by the office. Our places of locations are our retail, they're ground floor, they're main on main, so that's a big part of our focus. Number two, it's social media, but ultimately, it's the care they receive at the site. So the sites and the care they receive is the biggest driver, because they go out and they tell friends about it and they tell friends. So the patient experience is the ultimate uh, last bastion of, of, of marketing, in my mind. You know, we talk on this podcast about patient experience a lot, and you alluded to it greatly a few minutes ago. Consumers expect more. <laughs> millennials, it's funny, by the way, you mentioned earlier about millennials expecting more. Uh, I've been on beating that drum for a while, but I have, a, I have an editor who's a millennial, and we often talk about how millennials just don't put up with the same stuff. And I think that by delivering that patient experience, you guys are perfect for the new customer that's coming around the corner today. There's a higher standard. They're used to more convenience. They're used to better. Sooner healthcare realizes and catches up with that and understands that better, the more influence and trust we'll have over our patients and get them to the right place and do better things for society. When patients get to the right Fantastic. place, people save money. Good input. You mentioned cell phones earlier, um, and I understand you have a whole aftercare program with CityMD. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, we call aftercare care after the patient leaves the office because it turns out there's so many loose ends that need to be tied up. And if you think about the single mom with two children and sort of bewildered by what needs to happen next, how do you make it simpler for that patient? So we developed a process and protocol called aftercare. And aftercare is a follow-up care coordination team. And this care coordination team consists of 90 professionals, physicians, physician assistants, and other professionals that did 2.2 million clinical phone calls last year. And what it does is it gets patients to the right place. So if you come in and you broke your arm and you need orthopedic follow-up, aftercare will call you and set that up. If you call because your broken arm is not getting better or feel it's getting worse or you have other concerns, you can call and get a consult. You can speak to a provider and have their questions answered. Anything that the patient needs or requires, questions they have, needs that they have after the visit is cared for by aftercare. So we're really proud of that. And again, it all goes back to how do you care for the single mom with two patients that may or may not even speak English, to be as a matter of fact, come to you and get the complete care they need during the visit and even after the visit? Because 
A lot of our patients, by the way, don't have primary care physicians. 50% of our patients come in because they have some sort of fractured primary care relationship. Either they don't have one or uh, they can't reach them. To that point earlier when we were talking about the continuity of care, again, it's just that philosophy of trading patients, not as an ER doctor who's looking at it episodically, but as a whole person in continuity of care. One of the things you're going to be speaking about specifically at Schismid, according to the agenda, is how do you think your model can coexist with population health models? Any specific comments on that? You know, we are um, 15 minutes from 90% of every human being from the tip of Long Island to parts of Bergen County to New Jersey. So we are, you know, not just urgent care visits, but we're encounters. We're encounters for patients. And as such, we're not primary care physicians. We don't do longitudinal care. But what we do is when we have these encounters, we connect them back to their primary care doctor or back to their employer network or back to their payer network or back to their uh, ACO or three-letter three you know, suffix of the day. Our job is to reconnect patients back home. And so we are proud of that. We've invested a lot of resources into aftercare, plugging patients back into the right place that are aligned with patients and with employers and payers, getting people back home as part of our core tenants. NCQA has developed a standard called the medical, not just the medical home, but the medical neighborhood, an extension of the medical called PCCC. So all our sites are PCCC certified. You have to be over a year old, but every site of ours that's over a year old has uh, been committed to PCCC and certification, and it's PCP notification, sharing information, getting people to the right place. Uh, we are part of the ecosystem, making sure we don't deliver, we deliver the right care, not give antibiotics at drop of a dime, to be responsible healthcare citizens in this environment. Do you find yourself in any formal partnerships with hospitals or other organizations, or is it just trying to cooperate in, along this, these lines? It's, it's cooperation. We, we, um, we are aligned with our patients' needs first, our payers' needs second, which is really all of us because we're all paying for healthcare, and with our healthcare provider partners third. So in that order of importance. So we do, we have to, we need to get our patients good care and right care. And so we do partners with partners, hospital systems, partnerships, not financial, but partnerships with the various healthcare systems in our geographies. So this has been very stimulating. Hopefully you had fun as well as I did. But any last comments for us today? No, I think we touched upon it. If, if One thing, again, to reiterate, you know, to get the secret to better care is caring. And we stand by Excellent. That. Well, that's a, a good thought for the day and hopefully every day. I know healthcare can be a tough, tough world to be in. Of course, there's many challenges every single day. That's a good reminder for us all. Again, everybody, thank you for joining us today. It's been my pleasure. I told you I was going to be excited about this interview. And Dr. Park, you gave some terrific insights, as I was hoping. And I appreciate you joining us. And thank you very much. My pleasure.